Hey, what is going on everyone? It's me, Mr. Mario, and welcome back to another episode of Mario's Minute. In case you do not know, this is the second podcast that I do at least monthly here on the Mr. Mario 2011 channel, as well as most major podcasting platforms. This is available in two different variants and is kind of a side thing from my main podcast, Mod Chat, where in Mod Chat, I talk about modding news, modding topics, modding discussions, all that fun stuff. While it's on Mario's Minute, I come on here and talk about really wherever the hell I want to. Sometimes I have a guest, sometimes I don't. I try and alternate month to month, but this month is going to be a solo episode. If you're looking for more Mario's Minute, you can find all the episodes available on the Mr. Mario 2011 YouTube channel in a visual form. It's really just more of a visualizer, which people seem to like, which is great. I, I like that I can make something that people like. And of course, since I'm saying this is a podcast, you can get this in a audio-only form, where you can just look up Mario's Minute on most major podcasting platforms, applications, what have you. Subscribe on there, and you can get a MP3 of this whenever this comes out, and take it wherever the hell you want to. Now, let's just go ahead and get right into this here. So this has been, you know, over three years of Mario's Minute at this point. I do want to I'm not sure how many people have really followed along the entire time, but I do want to thank people who have been listening because I remember when I had started this podcast, I kind of just wanted to do something where I was scaling back on content a little bit with not releasing as much, but I still want to have something extra out there. And I wanted to have something that had my own personal touch to, or I just talk about whatever the hell I want to, really. Now, before, I used to do this with gameplay commentaries, where I'd come on here, I'd talk about anything on top of some gameplay that wasn't related, and I strayed away from those, and I stopped doing them nearly as often, because it's just not really... It's it's not really the format to do it in anymore. Uh, I do notice that there are channels who they're kind of making a comeback with that in a way, or there's new channels that are cropping up that are really doing the same type of gameplay commentary that attracted me in 2011, 2012, 2013. Like, those important years, I would say, for, you know, like, building up and growing the YouTube channel and really getting into the platform. However, I've mostly strayed away from doing that. That's not to say I never do them. I actually did one a few months ago over some Animal Crossing gameplay, uh, but I don't want to just take gameplay and slap it on an audio track and call it good. I try and make it a little bit more entertaining, put some stuff out there as well, too, just because, in my opinion, if I'm going to do a commentary, I want to put a little bit more effort into it. Maybe I'll just do a gameplay only type thing if I just need to do some kind of visual and I'm in a rush for something, but I really doubt that's going to happen all too much. But either way, you know, it's been it's been a fun three years of doing this so far, and I, I don't foresee stopping anytime soon, so I'm just going to keep releasing these episodes, and if y'all want to listen to them, that'd be absolutely awesome, and I can thank you all for that again, so thank you for tuning in. I do hope that everyone has had a, you know, solid holiday or holidays. There were several holidays that passed us, at least from the last episode. We have had uh, the major ones being Christmas, no doubt, as well as uh, New Year's, which are, those are the two that I celebrate personally. So if you were able to spend them with friends, family, loved ones, you know, awesome. If you had to spend it by yourself, which is totally understandable for variety of different reasons, in all honesty, it's probably healthier at this point as well, too. This was like 2020 just because of everything going on. It's kind of been the time where when people complain about having family over, having to travel to visit family, or too much family over the holidays. Holiday, like, holiday 2020 was really like the one year where you could legitimately say, oh, hey, you know, I live in Wisconsin, and the rest of my family's in Florida, and, you know, uh, we're just not going to make it out this year for, for health reasons, and it would be totally understood. So maybe some people listening were able to take advantage of that, and if so, awesome. <laughs> But I, I do hope everyone had at least something to look forward to over the holidays and enjoyed them in their own way and such. Everyone's going to celebrate some way different. I myself, I'm not a, when it comes to New Year's, I'm not a resolution person. I did get a new resolution, though, which I'll talk about in a bit. Uh, but I also have established a couple of resolutions, which I am trying to keep mine very realistic and very attainable. And my two resolutions for 2021 are to not get COVID-19 and to survive. Like... I'm trying to keep it realistic. I'm trying not to do anything crazy with that. So hopefully we'll be okay there. And, and I have another one that I'll probably talk about later on here. But uh, let's hop into some of these topics. How about that? So first of all, I want to talk about what happened with Xbox Live 
doubling its price. And this was surprising to me because, first of all, for anybody who's listening to this freaking out, you might not have heard this news. Don't worry, Xbox Live pricing is not going to change. In short, what ended up happening is Xbox Live is typically 60 US dollars per year if you buy a 12 month subscription of it. Well, at one point uh, earlier this month, Microsoft, or not even earlier, it was by the time we're listening to this here, it would have just been only a few days ago, but technically still about the middle of the month, let's say. Microsoft ended up coming out and saying that they had they they go in and they look to see you know what the proper value is of things and such and they use that data and their own research to justify a price increase to Xbox Live. So Xbox Live was going to go from $60 a year to $120 a year. And I am so happy about this. But not, not that it increased, but I'm happy with the response. The response was a overwhelming, nope, nope, no way, uh-uh, this is unacceptable, this is awful. And within the same day, all within the same day, actually I'm even looking at this here, it was Friday, yeah, because it was three days ago at the time I'm recording this. So it was on a Friday they announced this, and late on Friday night, like, props to their marketing team and all the people who were on board who were able to do that, but they ended up coming out and they backpedaled and they said, we pretty much grossly misread the room here. We apologize. We are going to rescind that change immediately. So Xbox Live Gold, the price of that is not going to change. On top of that, we are also going to make free-to-play ga- free games free-to-play. Meaning that a game such as Fortnite, which is a game that you download for free and you're able to play online for free... Previously, on the Xbox One platform, or technically an Xbox Series platform on both of those, if you wanted to play Fortnite on Xbox Live, you had to pay for an Xbox Live subscription, despite that game being a free game and having free online on it. Like, you can go onto PC and download Fortnite and play it for free. Uh, Same thing with PS4, I believe. You can download Fortnite on PS4, go online, play it for free. I'm not too sure about Switch, in all honesty, but on Xbox Live, you still had to pay for that even though the game was free. So on top of that, they even took away a restriction on there. They they backpedaled even further, and they said, you know, to, to, to further kind of combat this, any free-to-play game on Xbox Live, you do not need an Xbox Live Gold subscription. You can use Xbox Live Silver or Xbox Live Free to gain access to that game, which props to Microsoft. I, I'm of the belief that should be it. If, if the game is free-to-play, it should truly be free-to-play on the platform. That's just my opinion of it. But... I wanted to get into, speaking of that, my own opinions of it all. So, first of all, when I saw this news, my first reaction, it wasn't like shock and awe and craziness or anything. My first thing was, is this really going to make a difference? And I'd even kind of posted something on Twitter about it, too. And I said, like, look, I am not at all supporting the price hike. I'm not one of these people saying, oh, well, you should be able to pay it just fine. You're going to get that value because no, in my opinion, no. And I think $120 is too much for that. So I'm not in support of it. But I was pretty much saying, look, there's a lot of people who are voicing their outrage of it. But is it really going to change the fact that you're going to continue paying for it? Because I have a feeling a lot of people who are complaining are going to continue to pay from $60 to $120 a year, and they're just going to suck it up with that. And my kind of come away on that was, if if you don't see an issue with this, and you're going to continue to pay for it, fine. Totally get that. It's on you. However, if you disagree with this, do not continue to pay for it. Voice your outrage, use your voice, get onto social media, talk about it, and vote with your wallet. If you are against this, complain about it, talk about it, be vocal about it, and cancel your Xbox Live subscription. Do not pay $120 a year. And that was kind of my thought on it overall. And then probably at least eight hours later, then I think it was six, seven hours later, something like that. So yeah, almost eight hours later, uh, they ended up rescinding all of that. Now, I also think, I, I don't know what was going on with the data there. I don't know why they ended up choosing this specifically, even doubling it. Because I remember when Xbox Live first came out, like in 2003 or so, I didn't have it on the original Xbox, but it was $50 a year. And that carried over to the Xbox 360. And when they increased that from $50 to $60 a year, oh man, like that was, that was a big complaint. A lot of people complained about it, but at the time, pretty much everyone sucked it up. They said, you know what? 
we're we yeah it, it sucks that you have to pay sixty dollars compared to fifty dollars because that is another ten dollars i don't want to pay but i also get enough use out of xbox live that sixty dollars a year is sure it's fine whatever and I guess I still feel that pain a little bit because I still remember the $50 days. And even so, when I go and try and purchase Xbox Live Gold, like if I look for a deal or what have you, I try and get it $50 or less. Because in my mind, I guess because I grew up with that, Xbox Live is $50 for me. So even I really hesitate to pay $60 a year for Xbox Live Gold. But, you know, most people were okay with it and it kind of became a standard. Uh, PlayStation Plus, it was optional on PS3. When it came and Vita, when it came to PS4, you had to do PlayStation Plus to get online. They increased the price from $50 to $60 on that as well, too. And that's why when Nintendo, you know, I guess credit to them on here, they ended up having a paid service on the Switch, but they beat everyone out, uh, everyone else out by making it so much cheaper. I believe a year of Nintendo Switch Online for a single person is $20. I believe that's it. I believe it's $20 for a single person, or if you do a family plan, it's $35, which you might as well do that if if it's you and a friend or you and a family member. If, if you and another console are going to be benefiting off of this, just get the family plan. That's my opinion on it. It's totally worth it there. And you can add like up to, including yourself, you can put like seven other people on your plan. It, it's actually a pretty solid deal. But they were able to get away with it because they made it so much cheaper than everyone else. And it wasn't like Nintendo was only charging 50 compared to 60. No, they're charging 20 bucks. So there's a nice difference there. However, when it comes to this here, when it comes to the $60 going from 60 to 120, I think not only that move, but that number was so tone deaf because we're dealing with, you know, we're still dealing with the pandemic. We're still dealing with people who money is tight for them. Uh, we're now in a world where people are using the internet more than they ever have uh, out of necessity, really. Whether it comes to work or school or really anything that comes down to it. Anybody who's listening, I'm sure you can sympathize. That's why I'm kind of just glazing over it and I'm not getting too in-depth on it. Because everybody who's listening, I'm sure, can sympathize or you've observed it in some way. We are at the point where... Comcast, for example, one of the worst, if not the worst, internet service provider that everybody hates on for very good reasons, in my opinion, Comcast ended up lifting their uh, their data caps. So let's say you're paying, I don't know, $110, $120 a month for internet, and you only have one terabyte of bandwidth per month to deal with, and if you exceed that, you have to you know pay fines on it, so to speak, or service fees, or what have you. Uh, I'm not sure if it's still ongoing, but for some time, they actually ended up waiving that. They said, you know what, because everyone's working from home or they're doing school from home or everyone's just using the Internet a lot more often now, uh, we want you all to be safe. So we're just going to remove these caps. And if they can remove them like that, I'm, I mean, when when Comcast is doing something like that, it's kind of awful when I see the the price of this being raised from $60 to $120. Plus, as I said, people are stretched for money right now. People are really counting their dollars and such. So it just seems so tone deaf, in, in my opinion. It seems so tone deaf to increase it so much. On top of that as well, too, if you really want to talk about how much of a difference that is, Xbox Live Gold is still required to play on the Xbox 360. The Xbox 360 is from 2005. You are pretty much saying here, if you ever want to dust off your Xbox 360, an old system, old architecture from 2005, if you ever want to play that thing online, you had to pay $120 a year to play that thing online. Because we're going to get into something else here too. Uh, there is... There's, I guess, three things. There's Xbox Live Gold, there is Game Pass, and then there's Game Pass Ultimate. Now, Xbox Live Gold, I'm just kind of boiling them down here. This just enables you to play online. And they give you some free games per month that you can redeem on your Xbox Live account. Xbox Game Pass is kind of like the Netflix of games, where you're able to fire up the Game Pass page on your Xbox One. It's not on 360, but it's on Xbox One. Uh, I guess technically there is 360 games on there, but the point is you fire up Game Pass and let's say Gears of War 5 is added on Game Pass. You hit I want to play that and it downloads the game to your system and you're able to play it. You don't buy the game outright. As long as you are paying for Game Pass, you have access to all the games that are on that library. The games that are on that library are 
Xbox One first-party titles, as well as many other third-party titles that some come, some go. Like, for example, at one point, Grand Theft Auto V was on there. Grand Theft Auto V was then removed and replaced with Red Dead Redemption 2. So things get traded out like that. It's just like Netflix in that regard, except you are downloading files onto your Xbox as opposed to only streaming it. It's not like PlayStation Now or Project X Cloud or any of that. Now, Game Pass Ultimate is just a combination of the two. You get your Xbox Live Gold, which enables you to play online, and you get your Game Pass, which enables you to get all those games. So Xbox Game Pass, like Game Pass Ultimate is a really good deal in my opinion. So now if we look at the prizes here, we have Xbox Live Gold. Uh, just if, if you are the type of person, you just want to play online, you play like two games online, you buy maybe one or two games a year, gold is just right for you. At $60, cool, you're playing online. If you want to get Game Pass, that is $120 a year. So if you buy both of them separately, you're paying $120, no, $180, excuse me. Now, I was double-checking this here, and my number was a bit skewed in my head, uh, just due to the fact that I typically, like, I, I get on sale, or I'm able to get deals, or, you know, even do the conversions and such, but Game Pass Ultimate is $15 a month. In short, that's the same price. It's $180, but as opposed to buying two different things, you buy one thing. You're able to pay $15 per month, and you get Xbox Live Gold and Xbox Game Pass all combined into one. So $180, you're getting all of that. Now, what I think from a marketing standpoint, what I think they were trying to do here is they were trying to get in people's heads and have them say, okay, well, if I only get Xbox Live Gold, that's a that, that, that's $60 normally, right? If I want to do Xbox Game Pass with that, or if I just want to get Game Pass Ultimate, that is $180 a year, which is a pretty good deal if you regularly use your Xbox and you want access to all the games there, because there's a ton. I'm telling you, it's a really great deal. So that is $180 for, per year for all of that. However, let's say you're dealing with someone, again, who all they do is they play online. That's it. And they're kind of, they're not sure about getting Game Pass, what have you. You increase that from $60 from sixty to $120. So then people will look at it and they're saying, well, $60 to $180, that's a really big difference. However, $120 to $180, there's still a difference there. But you know, I might as well just pay the extra 60 bucks and get access to an infinite amount of games that are coming in and out of the service. So I think they were trying to kind of evict people that way off of the original Xbox Live Gold service because it's very obvious if you just look at the moves that Microsoft's been making and such they are really wanting to push this they want people to go to go for ultimate they are pushing game pass as the best deal in gaming as the thing you need to do and honestly it's a good deal like I'm I'm not bagging on that but at the expense that they are trying to price people out of Xbox Live Gold and still have it available, but hide it. And if you can find Xbox Live Gold, have it be so expensive that it almost doesn't make sense. It, it's kind of unattractive, and it doesn't really make sense to purchase only Xbox Live Gold when you can go to Ultimate. In my opinion, I think that's what they were trying to do. But I just think at the, the time of this and the price that was there and such, because $120 only to play online, that's pretty expensive. And again, I'll go back to the Xbox 360 point, you know, $60 a year to play online, the 360, whatever, okay, it's, that's, that's kind of what it's been for most of its life cycle at this point. However, bumping that up to $120 when the system is pretty much dead, it's not being manufactured, you can't buy brand new ones in stores, and you look directly at its competition from the same generation, where the... The, the PSP is pretty much offline, the DS is pretty much offline, the Wii was taken offline, the PS3 you can still take online, uh, but even, I'll throw the Vita in here too, uh, the Vita you can take online as well, but the Vita and the, I'm trying to remember on here, yeah, the Vita and the PS3, for those two, you're able to hook them up and play online for free, and if anything, th those two are actually newer systems, so... I just don't, I think that was just incredibly tone deaf and just looked awful. I'm glad that they rescinded that. I'm glad that we got the extra uh, functionality of actually getting free-to-play games being truly free-to-play on the Xbox platform. 
And I think this is a great demonstration of people need to check these companies. When they're doing something that's anti-consumer, when they're doing something that people don't like, you voice your concern and you, you vote with your wallet. And I actually saw, this is more anecdotal, but I saw many people on Twitter, on my Discord server, who went in, and the, the day that news was announced, they went in and they canceled their Xbox Live subscriptions. They said, you know, $60 a month, like, excuse me, $60 a year, like, that's fine, I play like two games online, but hell no, I'm not paying $120 per year just to play like one or two games online, that's way too much at that point. And they went in, they canceled their subscription, and I'm sure Microsoft saw that data, and they saw a lot of people canceling their subscriptions for gold, and not trying to upgrade to Game Pass Ultimate, or put Game Pass on top of their gold. So, that's how it goes. And it also helped, there was a lot of news that kind of slandered it as well too, but either way. That's not going to change, thankfully. If anything, it got a little bit better. So I wanted to talk some uh, some upgrades as well here, too. We're talking consoles, we're talking technology, and this will kind of even lead into another thing with uh, resolutions and such. But uh, what I did, you know, near the end of the year, was in December, I decided to do some upgrades. So I went out and I bought four solid-state drives. <laughs> I ended up buying four one-terabyte solid-state drives, and I ended up upgrading four devices. I upgraded, I, I have a couple of PS4 Pro consoles, and I upgraded both of them from the stock one terabyte hard drives that come with them to a one terabyte solid state drive, of course. And then my Xbox One X, which I don't really use that often. I'm just, I'm just not a fan of the Xbox One or the Xbox series. I don't own a series. I don't own a PS5, unfortunately, either. But I'm just not a big fan of the Xbox after the 360, in my opinion. Um, however, when it comes down to it, I I decided to upgrade that as well. And I'll, and I'll talk about why. And the last one I did was it was for my mom. She's got an older computer, which I had built for her in... 2013 or so and it was just it was even a budget pc back then it had a 500 gigabyte hard drive in there like 500 gigabyte blue western digital drive it has windows 10 it's a typical mom machine and by that i mean it's like it has like an amd like single core cpu uh maybe i don't even remember which one it is but it was a popular one at the time 500 gigabyte hard drive um her internet is slow it's like 10 meg <laughs> and uh four gigabytes of ram with windows 10 like that is a typical mom machine in my opinion there however it's been it is really slow to use like if i would visit her if i try to do something on there like if i had to you know use something on her computer help her out what what have you uh it was just really slow and slower than it should be now because she's older she doesn't really mind it being slow like she's like oh this this is fine it works it's all okay that's all good but I was looking at it like, no, this can be faster. So I even told her one point, I was like, I I'm going to I'm gonna get you an SSD. She didn't know what I was talking about. I said, I'm going to put something in your computer. It'll make it a lot faster. We don't have to upgrade the computer itself. Like, we don't have to get you a new computer. However, when it came to the consoles, so I decided to upgrade these because I have, I, I've done SSDs in a few other systems. Overall, if you're just right right off the bat here wanting my opinion on upgrading on a on a console itself, the Xbox One well the, the Xbox series and the PS5, you don't need to upgrade those. They have really great SSDs already built into them. In fact, the PS5, I don't even think you can upgrade it. And right now there hasn't been a firmware update to enable the uh, external M.2 slot on there. So you can't do that either. So we're really talking, we're not even talking ninth gen consoles, we're talking 8th gen and below. And the only systems that are really worth upgrading to a SSD, in my opinion, are the Xbox One X and the PS4 Pro. Uh, I have a regular PS4, that one is jailbroken, and the hard drive in there that I put in, it was a hybrid drive, and that thing was just, it was awful, it was on its last legs. I upgraded that to a SSD and I, it, it's no longer like lagging behind, but in terms of just general usability, I don't feel much of a difference than like, you know, a PS4 using a standard hard drive. So I didn't feel much of a difference on a regular PS4, and that would also include a PS4 Slim, but I didn't feel a difference with those using an SSD. 
if there were benefits, they might have been minute, but that's been about it. Uh, there is one person who's an admin in my Discord, uh, Misa. Now, she has a, uh, she's got a, I believe, just regular PS4, and she put a hard, uh, not hard drive, she put a solid state in hers, and she said when playing Persona 5, uh, loading times are better, and the saving, like, to save, it takes, like, two seconds now compared to, like, 12 seconds. Um, so you might get those benefits on there, but for me, at least, I didn't notice those differences. Now, in my PS4 Pros, I did notice a difference on those two. Uh, boot up seems to be a little bit faster on there. Uh, usability in the actual, like, menu system seems to be a little bit faster, but I notice when I play games, they do boot up faster, they do load up quicker, you really do get the benefits you would get of playing on a solid state. Uh, now, it's not like completely like fly by night fly by night huge difference like for example uh for anybody who if you just have a desktop pc or even a laptop if you have ever taken your os that was sitting on a s uh, like on a hard drive and imaged it or even just did a fresh install of your operating system on a ssd and use that as a boot drive oh my god everything everything changes on there and you don't get that dramatic difference from the 8th generation or below consoles. Uh, however, as I said, with the PS4 Pro, I have noticed a difference on there. Uh, would it be enough for me to say everybody needs an SSD? I don't think everybody needs one, but if you have the time and you want to do it and you have the, you know, you have the money to put one in, you know, it, 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 it might be worth doing. Uh, however, when it comes to the Xbox One X, to me, this was, it's good and it's disappointing. And I'll, I'll put it like this. Actually playing in-game on the Xbox One X, loading times and all that, it doesn't make that much of a difference. Uh, one of my... Oh, just move that. But one of my uh, brothers was playing on my Xbox One X after I had upgraded it. And he just kind of straight up said he's like... He, he was playing uh, FIFA 21, which might not be, you know, the best example. But he was playing FIFA 21. We put it on the internal SSD. He was like, I'm not really noticing that much of a difference. It's like, it's a little bit faster, but there's not a ton of difference. I was like, cool, no, thank you for being honest with me. Like, that's what I want. I want your honesty. However, the big difference for the Xbox One comes to the actual OS. Uh, booting the system up is faster. The menu system, actually going through the menus, doing all that there, my goodness, little to no lag. And it feels truly snappy. I do not like the Xbox One menu system. I do not like the interface. I do not enjoy using it. So with the SSD in there, the fact that now the menu system actually flies and it loads properly and it loads, dare I say, snappy, you can say, uh, that is enough of a difference to me to warrant that upgrade. Uh, and that's more because like I, I just don't like the interface. So if I'm able to improve that, awesome however when you're actually getting in game when you're doing stuff like that there's not a huge difference on there but the actual like the the operating system of the xbox one itself it does benefit from that and the reason why i say it was disappointing is because i found this out i had been touting incorrect information for a while but prepare to be disappointed for anybody who has an xbox one x uh the xbox one x i found out unfortunately the interface on the xbox one x is SATA 2. It is not SATA 3, so you do not come even close to utilizing the full benefits of a solid-state drive. It is SATA 2. I am not talking about the original Xbox One. That is also SATA 2. I'm not talking about the S. That is also SATA 2. I'm talking about the X, the super-powerful Xbox One. That is only SATA 2. And that was proven there was a Microsoft engineer who had a presentation showing slides and talking about the architecture of the Xbox One X and building it out and such. And they showed very clearly that there is a SATA 2 interface for the hard drive that is installed in there. And that is just mind-blowingly disappointing to me on all fronts. Now, from what I've seen, and unless there is Unless I can get proven wrong, and I really hope I don't get proven wrong because I don't want to have this with two systems, uh, but from what I've seen, the PlayStation 4 has a SATA 3 interface. So neither of these systems will make full use of all the benefits of the solid state drive if you install one in there. 
However, the PS4 Pro does seem to do a better job on there. Uh, the OS, I didn't notice huge benefits because it was already snappier, dare I say, than the Xbox One, what it has. But I do notice the difference in-game. While as it's vice versa, the Xbox One, the OS greatly benefits when I use it because you're not dealing with you know, all, all the random clickety-clack and, you know, just random read-writes and all that fun stuff that is with a OS on a spinning platter drive, like on a mechanical drive. So you completely eliminate that by giving it an SSD, even if it is a lower speed, even if it is, you know, a SATA 2 interface. However, that SATA 2 interface is also the reason why there's not a huge, huge difference when you get in-game. Uh, you do gain, you know, better loading times on the Xbox One X compared to, like, the Xbox One, for example, but that's also because of the console itself, not only limited to the storage that it's running off of. So that's kind of been my venture there. I don't regret installing it in there. I actually knew of that already from uh, one of my friends. I upgraded uh, Xbox One X with an SSD uh, when the hard drive was going bad on there. At least that's what we thought it was, and it was kind of bad. Uh, that's a whole other story, but either way, I knew what I was getting into, and I said, you know, let me just, I keep thinking about this, and it, regardless, it'll be a good excuse to open up the system, clean it out, repaste it, do all that fun stuff. So those were my ventures there. Now, the biggest benefit out of all these was the PC. Like I said, getting back to my mom's PC, she had just a old single-core AMD CPU, 4 gigabytes of DDR3 RAM, and a 500 gigabyte hard drive, which I had partitioned. Part of, the, part of it had the OS. Another part was just data. And what I did was pretty simple. Like, I went over, opened up her PC, cleaned it out. Uh, I brought a spare SATA cable, and I hooked up the SSD, uh, ran uh, Macrium Reflect, that's what I like to use, and you can use it for 30 days for free, so it works out pretty well, but I had just straight imaged her drive from the hard drive to the solid state, and then I extended out the data partition, because I didn't want to spend a bunch of extra time, uh, you know, messing around with the partitions, moving them around, extending out the OS one, moving it, all that fun stuff, uh, it, it gets kind of painful doing that, but I just wanted to get it imaged over, we got it imaged over, and I mean, this thing went from being taking a few minutes to be usable to within 30 seconds, you were you were in game, you were all good. And even though the the desktop itself is pretty low powered and low spec for what it is, I decided to do the SSD because I said the difference that I'm feeling here, the things that are holding it back, it's because of the mechanical drive. It's because of the OS that is sitting on there. And, and mind you, I looked at the manufacturing data. The manufacturing data, I mean, the, the hard drive was from late 2012, and then I, you know, set up and installed it in 2013, somewhere around there, like early 2013. I don't remember exactly when. So no doubt you're also using an older hard drive on that. But this is kind of more just to say here, it's 2021. If you are running a OS on a mechanical drive, definitely upgrade to a solid state. And even on those older computers, because some people will say, well, an older computer is not worth it. And I'm going to get back to the consoles too. I just realized what I was going to talk about. But some people will say, you know, an older computer, if it's from, you know, 2009, 2010, whatever, it's not worth putting an SSD in. Uh, I'm going to respectfully disagree on there. Even if you, if it really, you need a SATA 3 interface to really take proper advantage of it. But even if you have a SATA 2 interface, like, it's enough to make a difference. Uh, even if you have a laptop, it will keep your system cooler. It's going to keep it quieter. You're not going to have to worry about a uh, spinning mechanical drive like platters and stuff in there as well, too. Uh, just overall, you're going to get a much better experience. And I would say at this point, if you're truly looking for performance... And if you have if you have a friend, if you have a family member, even if you yourself, if you're sitting there complaining, my computer is slow, my computer is slow, my computer is slow, and first of all, you know, run something like Malware Bytes, go in there, uh, get all that nasty spyware, adware, all that stuff out of there, disable a bunch of startup applications that you're not using anymore. You don't need Weather Channel and 20 other things to come up on boot whenever you turn on your PC. Uh, run, you know, antivirus scans, make sure there's nothing bad going on there, uninstall programs that you're not readily using. But if you do all that and your computer is still a little too slow for your liking or it's your family member's computer, I would say the, the best upgrade that you could do is getting an SSD. It's no longer just upgrading your CPU or getting faster RAM and or getting more RAM 
or you know getting another hard drive like imaging your old hard drive to a new hard drive uh those in in my opinion i mean those aren't really as valid fixes anymore now if you do take a computer and you upgrade it from four gigabytes of ram to 32 gigabytes of ram is it going to run better yeah I, it probably will but it's still not going you're you're going to have that hard drive still holding you back so for an awesome computer or even just you know a cheap mom computer like in this example here getting a solid state is one of the best investments and upgrades that you can do for your system get a solid state for the boot os like no ifs ands or buts because there's different sizes that you can get for your ssds there's different makes there's different models there's different price ranges you can get yourself a good ssd depending on how like how much storage you want to deal with I mean, you could spend hundreds of dollars or you can spend like $20 on an SSD at this point. It is totally worth it. And if you're going to get a $20 one, $20, $25, that's probably going to be some like a 120 gig SSD. And that's good enough for somebody who's not using their computer heavily and they only install Windows 10 on there. If you're only going to use it for your OS and some applications that you're going to install, 120 is fine because I've done that for a while. Uh, my own desktop here, I do have a 512 gig M.2 SSD as my boot drive, but on my old desktop, I had 120 gig on there. On my old laptop, I had a 120 on that one as well too. So it's totally possible to make do with it. But in my opinion, again, it's 2021. If you have your OS running on a mechanical drive, don't. It's time to get that thing upgraded, and that is one of the best upgrades that you can do for yourself, for friends, for family. And then at that point, if you if you image it over to SSD and it's still super slow, there might be a bigger issue at play there. But typically that will fix up that, oh, my computer is slow, my computer is slow. Typically SSD will fix that up for you. Now, real quick, just kind of coming back to the consoles... I had mentioned really only the Xbox One X and the Xbox, uh, not the Xbox, the Xbox One X and the PS4 Pro being really the only ones, in my opinion, that would be worth upgrading on. Uh, that's not to say the other ones, you know, you, you should completely stay away from. But I mean, I'll put it like this, like again, the PS4 and the PS4 Slim, those are going to be about the same there. I haven't noticed that much of a difference, but if your hard drive dies it might be worth picking up a SSD and putting one in there. Just, again, you'll get some of the benefits at least of, you know, you're not going to deal with the mechanical drive itself, the regular wear and tear of that and what have you. The Xbox One, the Xbox One S, those ones are going to be about the same on there as well too, and it's really going to be the same story like I just repeated. You do get the added benefit of better loading times and better things of all kinds on the Xbox One X and the PS4 Pro because those systems are already right out the gate going to be faster and they are more powerful, uh, despite having the hard drives in them. It's just like what I talked about with computers just like two minutes ago, where if you put in a lot more RAM into a computer, yeah, it's probably going to run better, but you're still going to be held back by that drive. So anything prior to that, though, I've put a SSD in a Xbox 360. Uh, I did this for my friend Adam Korlick. I'll be straight up. I noticed no difference at all. Uh, one request I've seen a lot, it's, Oh man, can you imagine putting an SSD in a PS3? That'd be such a big difference. No. Uh, just to mess around, at one point I bought like a $20, $30 SSD. I put it into this PS3 Super Slim I have that I pretty much use as a guinea pig for YouTube videos and testing and all that stuff. I noticed pretty much no difference on this thing. In terms of performance, that's what I'm talking about. Uh, the Wii, I mean, you're using a, an external drive there. All the memory is, you know, it's it's NAND that's actually on the system, so that really doesn't count. And if you're going any further back, I, I mean, this shouldn't even really be said, but, like, you're dealing with IDE speeds at that point there. You're dealing with the IDE interface. So you have to interface from IDE to SATA in some way. And then when you go to that, I have, because people were saying, do this, do this, I have personally tried a SSD in the original Xbox, I've tried SSD in a PS2. No difference 
in terms of performance. Any performance things that I noticed, because I would like measure out times and such, at first I felt like there was a little bit of a difference, and then it just ended up being placebo when I did test comparisons and such. So if people are saying like, oh, I put an SSD in my PS2 and it loads way faster than when I had games installed on the hard drive, uh, either one, it's your imagination, or two, you had a really bad hard drive that was in there. Because for the PS2, I, I actually had about the same thing, not with the SSD, but when I started, you know, messing around with the PS2 and I would, you know, get a network interface adapter for it and I would get a hard drive and load it up with games and put it in there. Uh, when I had like a crappy Mac store drive that was super loud, yeah, it didn't really perform the best. And then I got a much nicer Western Digital hard drive and put it in there and the performance increased exponentially on the ps2 however the difference between a 7200 rpm western digital hard drive and the ssd that i put in there was no difference the only differences true differences if we're being fair here is that the ps2 was lighter uh i wouldn't say heat was ever an issue but this is to say that the ps2 was also cooler because it didn't have additional spinning platters in there so it was lighter it was cooler it didn't make as much noise you're really dealing with things like that. You're not dealing with performance at that point any longer. Um, and same with the with the original Xbox. Those systems were definitely designed with hard drives in mind, in terms of even the caching as well, too. So, in a way, even if you're putting a SSD in one of these systems, you could be killing it alongside, too, because SSDs will typically need to work better with a system that has trim in there, and trim will prolong the life of the solid-state drive itself. However, none of these systems, to my knowledge, support trim. That even includes the Xbox One X and the PS4 Pro. So, from what I know, on newer SSDs, anything really manufactured in the last few years, it's not as much of a difference. But as you put it into older systems, they are going to get thrashed harder. So... I, I've I've done these I, I've done them on older systems I'm just like you know and I've I've done this for friends if a friend wants their system upgraded or modded up and they give me the storage I will sit there and tell them dude you're not going to get a difference like you're not going to get a performance difference with the SSD in the original Xbox or the Xbox 360 if they still say they want it I tell them fine I'll do it I'm just I'm just trying to help you out here um but the people who've done it they they said you know it was it was fine it worked fine for them for the most part but on those older systems i would still prefer to go with a hard drive that's just me so those have been those have been the differences that i've done i kept hinting at this here though i kept hinting at another resolution so i guess my my 2021 resolution uh, quite literally is that i ended up doing a monitor upgrade where I have been putting this off for so long. I ended up getting my first own personal desktop, like a true desktop that was really my own. I got my first actual desktop in 2012. And the way it came about was I wanted to build my own. I was kind of limited on cash because I was a I was a broke college kid at the time. And I had ended up finding pretty much the type of computer I wanted on Craigslist. And it was a guy who... He had gone out, he built his own computer, he needed money, so he was selling it. And we had negotiated the price a little bit, and he took out some components just to bring the price down. And I traded a couple consoles for it as well, too, to bring the price down. But I ended up getting my PC. It was a i5-2500K. It had a liquid cooling setup in there. I think it had 8 gigabytes of RAM to start off with. Uh, I had to bring my own storage. I brought my own DVD drive, uh, at the time Blu-ray drive. And it had a GTX 460, I want to say. So it was it was something like that. But it was my my first, you know, my own thing. And I needed to get a monitor for it. So I went out. I went to Best Buy the same day I ended up getting this desktop. And I bought a 1080p monitor. And so that was in 2012. And it treated me super well. Later on that year, I bought the same model. I bought another 1080p monitor, Dell matching and everything. But I was moving into my own apartment next year in 2013. So I didn't even unbox it for another few months. And in 2013, I ended up hooking up the second monitor. 
And I think later on then, was it 2013 when this happened? I want to say it was 2013. I ended up getting a third monitor, which I actually ended up taking to my workplace at that point. And then later on, a few years later in 2016, I ended up bringing home when I left that job because I was leaving college and I integrated it into my own setup. So the point is I've had the same monitors from 2012, 2013, to the very end of 2020. And this is literally the very end when I did this. It was like December 31st, 2020. I ended up getting the monitors here. Uh, but I ended up getting, uh, I can't even say a couple. I ended up getting three AOC monitors. And let me even see what the exact model is here. Uh, I ended up getting the 27 G2 G2. I believe that's what it is. My uh, I, I'm saying I believe there because my driver shows 27 G2 G4, but I know that is incorrect. I believe it's the G2 G2, and it is 1440p at 144 hertz. Now, my previous monitors, which this is fine for me, they were all at 1080p, all at 60 hertz, and that worked well enough for me. However, I did notice, I was like, you know, my new computer, because I even, I built a, well, quote unquote, new computer. It's it's getting older now, but it still works out incredibly well for me. I built my current PC, I should say that, at near the end of 2016. So this thing is like four and a half years old at this point, and it's still treating me well, which I'm very happy with. I can probably get another year or two of usage out of this before I truly feel the need to upgrade. And at this point, I haven't felt the need to upgrade. But there's been a few times like it's really been a thing of I want to upgrade my monitors. But because I have three monitors, if I upgrade one monitor, I feel like I need to upgrade all three at once, not only to have the matching, but also you want to use them all pretty uniformly. Like like I said, with my first monitors, I ended up getting one of them because two of them were matching. So that's the other thing, you know, they were, you know, one of them was not matching with the other two, which is fine. That was a nicer one. However, with the two Dell monitors I had, one of them I got like mid 2012 and the other one I did not even use for another six or seven months. So you could tell at least after long enough of looking at them that one of the monitors was in worse shape than the other. Not in terms of like scuffs and such, but just like the way the brightness was, the colors, ghosting. It just didn't look as nice as its other monitor that was still the same model. So you want all the monitors to, you know, wear out evenly. It's it's like getting, you know, a set of tires. You don't just want to get one tire. <laughs> so what happened there was I I'd had all these. I've been wanting to get the monitors, but I didn't want I didn't know what resolution I wanted to go to. And then price was going to be a thing because let's say I found a kick-ass, super awesome banging monitor for $600. Well, guess what? I'm going to want to need, not even need, I, I want to get three of them. So that 600 is going to turn into 1800 really quickly. And I was like, I'm not ready to do that. So every time I would look at monitors, I would get either overwhelmed or annoyed or kind of just flustered at, you know what, I'm not going to do this. I'll just do this later. So I've been putting off doing a monitor upgrade for years because one of the things was I was even going to say, you know, I'm, I'll go from 1080p to 4k, but I decided against going 4K, and my reasoning on here was I wanted to go 4K. If I could have gone 4K, that would have been nice, but I wanted to focus more on the on the refresh rate, and that's why I mentioned these are 1440p at 144 hertz. Now, I'm typically used to 60 hertz. That, that's what I do on, on my monitors, on, you know, my all my screens, really. I mean, they're, most of my screens are running at 60 hertz that's fine and i was used to that but i said i want to i want to get that you know nicer step up so if i go to 4k i would like to do you know 4k 120 or 4k 144 but getting something like that that will have 4k and you know 144 hertz let's go with that and you know getting all the stuff that i wanted it was going to be really out of what i was comfortable paying Especially since, as I said, if I was going to do one monitor, okay, sure, it'd be expensive. But I was wanting to replace all my monitors at the same time. And I didn't want to downgrade to two monitors, or I didn't want to have mismatching ones. I decided to do all three. I actually, funny enough, uh, I was going to only do two at first. Because my third monitor, the last one I got, the Asus one, 
uh, that one is a really good 1080p monitors and it, ha it has built it has pretty much all the inputs I want it has built-in speakers it's a great monitor and I was gonna hold on to that one and still use it in the setup and then I said you know what no I will make the sacrifice I'll have to work around I'll have to lose the built-in speakers for when I hook up consoles but let's just have it be uniform let's just do that plus again in in I'm of I'm of the belief if you're going to do multiple monitors, you want to buy them at the same time. So uh, I, that's what I decide to do. Uh, they're beautiful. I'm looking at them right now. They are all curved. I decide to go with curved displays as well too. So it feels like I'm in like a space station or a space center, which is really awesome. However, um, I was wanting going back to this. I was wanting the resolution difference because I was I realized earlier this year. Uh, I was kind of tired of where I was at. I think 20, and not even 2021, because I said earlier this year, 2020, with working at home, with doing the YouTube stuff, with doing everything, because for anyone who doesn't know, like I have a day job as well too, and I'm thankfully able to do it from home. But after looking at my monitors all the time, there was one day it just hit me, and I was like, I need more space, and I would like something bigger. Because I had 23-inch monitors, which were great, like, this whole time. But it was around, like, mid-2020, I just kind of said, I need something bigger. Like, I, I just want a bigger display. And I need more room to work with. I feel like I'm kind of getting crowded out with how much I'm working and how my workflow is and doing all this. And even not only professionally, but just even personally, uh, the way I was using everything and all the applications I'd have open, all that. I felt like 1080p was a little too constrictive and I'd finally started to outgrow it, which I would say is, you know, a pretty good run from 2000. I started in 2012 and it took me from 2012 to 2020 to finally say I've outgrown 1080p. I think that's a pretty good run time right there. However, I looked at the resolutions and I wasn't too sure on 4K again because of pricing and such, but I'd seen these monitors and they seemed to like, they seemed to do the job they seemed to have everything i wanted they had some extra bonus stuff i wasn't really expecting as well too like you know the curved option on here i really like these curved monitors uh plus 1440p for me was very much i don't need to go from like in terms of like usability and just like day-to-day -day stuff i don't need to go from 1080p to 4k i just need a bit more than 1080p like i would like something bigger so i went from 23 to 27 inch and in terms of like my workflow and workspace, having that extra resolution just going from 1080p to 1440p, to me, it really made a difference just with that usability. So I think these were the proper options for me. And I was happy that I, you know, waited enough to finally find something that I was pretty happy with. Hooking them right up out the gate, they didn't really seem to be the best looking monitors. Uh, however, I had to go in, I had to change my Windows settings and such to actually display at 1440p, to display at 144 hertz, which is super smooth, just doing everything on there. And uh, then I had to tweak, you know, the actual color settings and such, which I found some good recommendations online. And once I did all that, man, it was, I mean, it was over. It was done with it. Just looked great. I, I can't go back. I did have one issue where I had to return one of the monitors because I noticed, and I noticed this even right as I got it, but in the corner of one of my monitors, it wasn't a scuff and it wasn't a crack, but it looked like it, when the monitor would be on, it looked like there was a crack in the corner and I kind of just let it sit there, which I, I shouldn't have, uh, but I let it sit there and I just said, I'm going to, I'll do something about it if it annoys me. And one day after like three weeks, it finally annoyed me. And I tried turning off my monitor. I tried just even just clean it to make sure I wasn't crazy. But again, it wasn't a crack. It wasn't a scuff, but it looked like a crack. And you could only see it when you turn on the monitor. Uh, so thankfully, because it was within 30 days, I was able to go and I just exchanged it for the exact same model. So one of my monitors is a few weeks newer than the other two that are in here. However, it's even new enough there that it really doesn't make a difference in terms of how they look and the wear and tear on them and such. They're, they're new enough where there's pretty much no wear and tear, but one of them did have a defect. And the one thing that I was not expecting from this, because I was like, oh, I'm going to have a nicer refresh rate. I mean, things will probably look better. I'll have more resolution and workspace to work with. Cool. 
I was not expecting a performance boost. Like, as in, <laughs> as in, when I was, uh, when I edit my videos and such, I work with Adobe Premiere Pro, and I noticed that there were many times where Premiere just couldn't really keep up with what I was scrubbing through or what I was trying to, you know, watch at a faster speed or what have you. And I was sitting here thinking, okay, maybe it's the storage. So I actually upgraded the hard drive that I was using for a lot of my uh, video, my active video I was working with. I upgraded that to a solid state. And that helped a little bit. So I was kind of sitting here thinking, man, am I going to have to upgrade my computer? Well, I might have to. I don't know. We'll see. But that issue is kind of like a stuttering issue. That issue has been, I would say, completely eliminated when I ended up upgrading the monitors. And the only differences are that I have a higher resolution, which shouldn't really make the difference, but the refresh rate is over twice as fast now. So I would have never imagined that I would get a workflow and a performance upgrade from upgrading my monitors. Not my computer, my monitors. <laughs> So that's just uh that's really thrown me for a loop, but uh I've been I've been really happy with that. So we've been good there. I do want to start wrapping up here. There's a few things I a few other things I want to talk about, but I do want to start wrapping up. So uh there is one story I want to tell you all because when when we do these solo episodes, I try and give you all at least one story from the times when I worked at a game shop. So for anyone who doesn't know, I worked at a video game store, just a local video game shop from ages 16 to 18. Uh, it was it was a good job in many ways. It was a bad job in many ways. But I, I just have a lot of stories I like retelling from there. So there's been one I've kind of been holding on to a bit. And it's not so much my shop. I was friends with somebody who would come in pretty frequently, but he worked at another shop. And we were all on friendly terms. So... I guess what happened was at the time, uh, this is still when the PSP was popular because this was 2009, 2010, somewhere around then. And I really had to, you know, think about that and rephrase it there. But what happened was my friend told me one day he kind of came in. He's like, hey, dude, I just got like two eight gigabyte memory sticks for the PSP. I was like, oh, wait, really? That's awesome. He's like, yeah, yeah, no, I, I got them. And I asked how much they were. And he said they were free. And the way he got them, it's not great, but what happened is, and this is his story that I'm telling, right? So this is like a game store story within a game store story. It's not truly my game store story, but what happened was, the way it goes is he had a gentleman who was coming in and who was selling some some hardware, and it was really just these two 8 gigabyte PSP memory sticks, which went for a pretty good amount at that point. So my friend takes the both of them. He looks up how much they are, and he says something like, all right, yep, you have these two 8-gigabyte uh, Sony Memory Stick Pro Duos. Uh, I will give you $20 cash for each of them. And apparently the guy who was selling them just yelled and said, yes, it's going to feel... He, he said something like, it feels so much better getting this stolen stuff off of me. Apparently he said that out loud, or something along those lines. And my friend who was working at the shop... He had the two memory sticks in his hand, and he pretty much just, like, held onto the sticks, and he said, All right, dude, this is what's going to happen. I'm going to call the police. You can either wait here, or you can get out of the store. And the guy just booked it. And he he didn't try and put up a fight. He left the two memory sticks behind because they were obviously stolen. Like, he, he stole them. He wasn't losing any money there. So it's not like he put anything into it in the first place. Uh, and then... <laughs> and then what did my friend do? He didn't call the police. He didn't buy the memory sticks either. He didn't put them into the inventory because technically they were left there. So he took the both of them <laughs> and just pocketed them. And talked with me about it. And at the time, you know, because I, I knew stuff about the PSP. He was wanting to get a modded PSP. So he was just asking some questions. I helped him find a PSP that he was wanting and helped him mod it up and, you know, all that fun stuff. And the 8 gigabyte memory sticks definitely helped because I was pretty much showing him, you know, like how he can convert to like PS1 games and do all that stuff because that's what he was interested in. He wanted a PSP. I think it was a 2000 
and he wanted to mod it and put a bunch of his favorite PS1 games on there so he could not only play them on the go, but he actually even bought like a small little monitor with component out on there, or I think like a small little like TV. So he was doing the component from the PSP to the monitor and he was playing his PS1 games that way. But... <laughs> that's what ended up happening uh it, it was funny because i remember i was telling my manager about this and he was like yeah but dude that's not good like he he stole them i was like yeah i, I know but it's still funny he's like yeah but he ended up stealing steal like stealing stolen stuff i'm like yeah but i didn't ha it didn't happen here like it's it's gonna be his fault to deal with all right and uh in in all honesty that that wasn't a long-lasting thing uh I don't want to get too far into it, but my friend was let go from that store, and he was not told the reason why, but uh, when I had talked with other people from the shop, they had said, yeah, we couldn't really prove it, but there was some stuff that was missing, and he might or might not have been taking it, but we can't really prove it, but eh. so <laughs> that was a whole other thing there, but I, I guess if you really want to deal with that, you don't want to deal with, you know, the police coming down, deal with all that paperwork, and you don't mind being a little bit of an accomplice there. I mean, this is well over 10 years ago, so nothing's going to happen to him, I'm sure, but I guess that's a way to get some free PSP memory sticks. <laughs> the last thing I talk about here is I like to share what games I'm currently playing, so... Let me even grab my Switch as well, too, because uh, there's been a few games. So first of all, I'm still, I, I got back onto the Ring Fit Adventure bandwagon. Not a bandwagon, but more just, I guess, got back on the train there. I didn't play it for a few weeks because of the holidays, but I've been playing it. I try and play it at least 20, 30 minutes a day, Monday through Friday. That's what I do. Uh, I end up going back and I finish Donut County, which is just an absolutely charming game that I love playing. And I love the humor. I love the characters. I love so much about it. It's a great game overall. I decided to play that because I was kind of going through a little bit of a game burnout where I just didn't want to play anything for a while, but partially because of my, you know, beat the game a month challenge, I said, let me just grab something that I enjoy and I can beat quickly. And even that took me actually several nights for like a game that you can finish in one or two hours easily. Like that's how burned out I was. But uh, I decided to, you know, grab Donut County, fired up. I laughed a bit. And uh, a friend and I have actually been playing Black Ops 3 Zombies. So you can't really like beat that in any way uh but i've been playing online with that i've been playing black ops 3 zombies and uh, i ended up having to buy the zombies like overall map pack on black ops 3 uh but that's been a really fun game to get into as well too so it's uh it can be stressful at times it can be a little bit frustrating but it's fun and there's different maps for different things like one thing i've noticed is the stock map that comes with black ops 3 i hate that map so it's like you to really get true enjoyment, you have to have at least a friend to play with, and you really have to get the zombies maps, like the additional ones, you have to get that pack. So it is what it is there. Uh, but let's see, for other games I've been playing, I've been playing, a, I decided, I, I kind of just had a feeling to play Captain Toad Treasure Tracker. I just, I remember playing this on the Wii U. I really enjoyed it. It's a fun, charming game. You can get in and out real quick. So I had it on Switch. And I decided to pick it back up and play it, and I had a lot of fun doing that. It's just a nice, wholesome, fun game. Uh, was there anything else I was playing? Not so much on the Switch, but the other game on PS4, which I'm working through right now, is 13 Sentinels. Now, it's interesting because I had gotten recommended this game several different times. I had looked up reviews, and it's like, for me, this is why reviews don't really work well for me. And I just have to play a game and see how I like it. And I'm sure there's many other people like that as well too. But this is a game, I read reviews, I looked up videos, I looked up reviews, I listened to friends who were recommending it. And on every single account of it, I was like, this does not seem, this game seems kind of boring to me in all honesty. I don't think I'd like this. Then I finally tried it out for myself and I'm like, holy shit, this game is amazing. Like, and I decided that within the first like 30 minutes or one hour of playing it. And it's truly one of those games that that's why I've had the exact opposite. I've had friends and family and, uh, you know, review say, give, give a game a glowing review. And then I try it out and I'm like, this game sucks. I don't like this. This is boring. This is awful. 
So that's why for me, I've really realized for my tastes and how I play games and how I enjoy them and consume them, I am very much a person, I cannot make a decision on if I like a game or not until I actually play it. But 13 Sentinels, man, that game is incredible. I don't have a bad thing to say about it so far. I'm still working through it. I'm about 10 or 11 hours into it, I would say. But it is so good. And it is an incredibly slept-on title published by Atlas in 2020. Uh, It didn't get like... I only heard about it through word of mouth. I knew about friends who were talking about it. I knew about people on Twitter who were talking about it. But like, I didn't see any you know, lead up or hyper promotion for this game. So this is very much a game. I I have a feeling, I don't think it's going to be like super rare, super valuable, but even when I was trying to buy it for a while, many places didn't have it in stock. It's going to be a game that is going to be a little bit hard to find. Again, it's not going to be an insane rarity. I don't think it's ever going to, you know, shoot up in price, but it will be one of those Atlas games that is going to be a little bit hard to find. I, that's what I'm thinking. Maybe in like five years, if someone wants to pick up 13 Sentinels, you're going to have a bit of difficulty picking that up compared to something such as Persona 5 or Persona 5 Royal, just finding a physical copy. So 13 Sentinels so far, love the game. That's probably probably the standout on these so far. So... We are now at the end of the podcast. Uh, For anybody who's made it to the end, I I really appreciate you making it to the end here, whether you're listening or watching. And thank you so much for coming out to this first episode of 2021. Hopefully, I'll have your attention for the rest of them. And hopefully, uh, I'm really hoping that, you know, you'll, you'll come out, you'll get some enjoyment from here and, you know, leave a comment, whatever it is. I like doing this. And I like seeing when people also enjoy these episodes as well, too. It's therapeutic. It's fun for me. I can just come on here and talk about whatever the hell I want to. I don't have to have low, like high production value. I don't have really any production value for this. It's just me talking to Audacity here and then matching it up with something for the video, and it goes up. And that's how I like to do it. It doesn't get a whole bunch of viewership, but I kind of like it that way, too. It kind of keeps it nice and close-knit as well. So now with that, with all that being said, I do want to pick a keyword, and if this is the first time you've made it to the end of one of these episodes, uh, typically I try and find a keyword of some kind, and I give it to you all, and if you use this keyword in a comment of the YouTube upload, I know that you will have made it to the end of the episode, just reading your comment. Now, I have seen... Uh, well, oh, I guess not even have seen. I'm, I'm just tired at this point. But what I was trying to say is if you... If you're listening to this, I need to wrap this up because I'm getting tired. But if you're listening to this, uh, use this keyword and you like on the YouTube upload, just come to YouTube upload, use this keyword. And what the hell are we going to use at this point? I'm, I'm holding this thing here. How about, you know what? I was going to use what the label was on here. How about chip? C-H-I-P, chip. If you use the word chip in a comment on the YouTube upload of this episode, I will know that you made it to the end of this episode of Mario's Minute. Let me know what you thought of it as well, too. I feel like this is kind of discombobulated a little bit just because uh, I've been talking a lot today. uh, A little bit tired, admittedly. So this is where I need to wrap it up. But anyways, this is Mr. Mario signing off. Thank you all for listening and watching. And until next month.